Hey guys, and welcome back to the One Stop Hip Hop Shop. This is part two of episode three, which is all about the music. Mm -hmm. Tonight, you're going to be hearing our album reviews. I did Twister's Summer 96. What? I did not think you were doing that. <laughs> what did you think I was doing? Twister. Yeah, that's what I just said. Twister in, in 2019. Mate, no, you're wild. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you think I was, was going to do? I don't do? know. I thought we you didn't agree, you didn't say that one. Oh, you didn't say what you were no, going to do. I did said, you? Um, "Oh, I'm definitely going to have to do Rich Homie Quan as like a joke." Right. And I said, "No, I'll do Twister." Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm doing uh, Mad Gibbs, Freddie Gibbs, and Mad Lib doing Bandana follow up to the 2014 cult classic Pinata. Pinata. Yeah. Do the like names mean anything? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, you're also going to be hearing our review of the Rap Song of the Year from 1981. Mm -hmm. uh, I did the Discog Dive this week, and I chose ASAP Rocky. Oh, man, in the news as well. Yep. We just talked about him just before. <laughs> Tried to tie it in a little bit. Yeah, and I did uh, Rap Region on a whole country this time, rather than... Because we like don't really have many state. here, so I'm doing Australia. We yep. don't really have uh, Briz Rap. Yeah, I, I don't think I it's, think it's really all Melbourne rap, like really. That. Yeah, actually, Melbourne rap Melbourne and the Sydney. biggest. Cursor, yeah. 360, Hilltop Hoods, I think, all come from down there. So, uh, there's a few up here. We got um, more rap. <laughs> don't think she's really a rapper, though, but we'll, uh, we'll Mate, take it Where was now. she actually from? Was she from, like, the CBD? I don't know. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think she's from, like, Toowoomba. Or Toowoomba. That's very that's regional. Not even, that's not even typing. <laughs> more rap. I don't know if it has an exact location. I'll go on her Wikipedia, mate. Yeah, okay. Mate, she's had... Uh, doesn't even say. Um, yeah, Brisbane. It just has Brisbane. Okay. doesn't have a exact location. She's 20 years old, mate. Mate, that is young. Yeah, so she was, what, 18? Yeah. When we saw her. Because we saw her at the start of 20... What did we see her at? 2017. No, 2018. When did Beer Bongs Mentleys come out? Last year. So, yeah, start yeah, of 2018. 2018, yeah. So she was... 18, 19 then. Mm. It's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so well, what do you want to kick it off with? What do you, what do you want to do? I want to hear... Um, I want to hear your Discog dive. Hit me hit me with that All first right. and then I'll, I'll do like the... Uh, switching things up a little. I'll do the uh, rap region following you. So go for it. Tell me about ASAP Rocky and his, I'm guessing right now, four albums. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that is oh. correct. <laughs> Let me see if I can name them. Okay, okay. At long last ASAP. That is one, yep. Long live ASAP. Yep. Testing. Yep. And there's one more, right? There Obviously. Is. Uh, it's it... not on streaming. Ah. Oh. It was a, a mixtape. Mm. He released it for a free digital download. Mm. I, I'll probably know it when you say it, but I'm just going to say uh, Lord Pretty Flucker Geordie the fifth. <laughs> a song. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's along the same lines as like the long live ASAP and at long last ASAP. It's live love ASAP. Oh, live, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. I don't so know why I he did it. Like, I don't know it when I said it, when you said it. I don't know why he said shit like that. Like, it's so confusing. Trying to, like, remember all of them. Yeah. Because they're all so similar. Yeah. If you said, like, oh, yeah, I like that song from Long Live ASAP. You know which yeah, one Yeah, which, which one is that? At Long Last? It basically sounds <laughs> yeah. exact same. All right, let's kick it off. So I am a huge Rocky fan, so it's going to be pretty hard to choose just seven favourite tracks. I'll also try to choose tracks I haven't previously mentioned so much. 
and ASAP Rocky, he usually sticks to like a softer vibe kind of rap. Uh, I think he has his style on lock now. Yeah, he's quite artsy. He is very creative, mm-hmm. very artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his first album, Live Love ASAP, I don't think he quite found his sound just yet. Don't get me wrong, the beats are great. His lyricism is nothing to poke a stick at. But there are several times when he relaxes a little too much. And what you're listening to is then... I just have a question. Yeah. What would you poke a stick at? Like, um, what does that saying even mean? Oh, I dropped the bacon bit. I mean, <laughs> like a, the floor. A, a dead animal, maybe? Just see mm. if they're alive? So maybe it's like you wouldn't poke a stick at something that could potentially get angry. Yeah, could harm <laughs> you. Yeah. Like a, a bear, maybe? Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't poke a stick at a bear. <laughs> I wouldn't poke a stick with a stick. <laughs> defeat the purpose. What? <laughs> I don't even know. Keep going, mate. All right. Um, yeah, there are times when he relaxes just a little bit too much and you, what you're listening to is boring and you're just no longer engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like your thoughts just travel somewhere else and you're just no longer listening to the song. I find Rocky's music best for when I'm driving, like particularly after work when I'm like a little bit tired. Uh, it's nice to sort of just chuck on and listen to something relaxing that you can still rap along to. Get Lit or Purple Swag Chapter 2, for example, was so close to being one of my favourite tracks off the album. But whenever the hook or the chorus came in, the beat was just stripped back and he's singing softly and mainly just repeating what he's saying. Every time I listen to those songs, I tune out, start thinking about something else, and only tune back in like halfway through the next verse. It is a very fine line, making something relaxing and engaging, and I do think that he does it really well now, but in this album he did struggle a little bit. I'll get into it a little bit more later, but I think his next project, Long Live ASAP, does a better job at handling that line, but he does still struggle from time to time. I think the standouts in this project, like it, it wasn't the awareness that Rocky has, it wasn't the context but more the lyricism that he showed and the unique beats he used. It showed a very different artsy rapper, and that would have really helped separate him from everyone else. But almost every song was about lean, girls, or clothes. Bar Demons, this project was pretty lackluster content-wise, but he definitely showed his potential, and I do know that he picks up his content levels in future projects. My favourite songs from this project are Keep It G, featuring Space Ghost Perp, and Chase Infinite. That's a crazy name right there. Space Ghost Perp, is that his name? Space Ghost Perp, yeah. I think he's the one that fingered himself on live. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about all that. But, but someone I, I definitely think... did that. I remember sending you the video. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I watched it. <laughs> mate, you but... should have. It's for the culture, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll look up now Space Ghost Perp fingering. <laughs> I don't know if it's him or not. Uh, someone commented on it saying, watched this and got a boner. <laughs> so was it Space Ghost Perp? I think so. I'm on some like weirder... Oh, Kanye2the.com. Kanye2d, yep. Um, right, I found a Twitter link. This might be it. Oh, this tweet is unavailable. But like the the forum is called "Why is Space Ghost Perp fingering his asshole while rapping Purple Swag" by ASAP Rocky. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I assume that's it then. Yeah. No, I can't find it. Can't find the the uh, intel. <laughs> I can't. But that was him. Um, and then, yeah. So my other favorite song from that project, which is "Live Love ASAP," 
is Leaf, featuring main attractions. Main attractions. Then his next project, Long Live ASAP. Uh, like I've talked about before, Rocky struggles with finding the balance between relaxing and trill, but in this album, he does do a much better job of it. There's still tracks like PMW with Schoolboy Q, which is stands for Pussy Money Weed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that puts me to sleep every time the chorus comes in. I found... In a good way or a bad way? Yeah, in like a bad way. Like oh, I'm not so concentrating like on the it. song anymore. Mm. Yeah. I see. I found whenever he has someone feature on the chorus, it helps break down that wall a lot better. Oh, shit. What? Fucking bump me mic, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hell, for example, with Santi Gold on the chorus, I think she kills it and it really offers you something else that just helps keep you interested. Uh, tracks like Fucking Problems just really impressed me. Like, that's an absolute classic, and it was an instant classic when it was released. Like, that's still played in clubs today. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that song, and it was in, Mate, like, his debut album. Big to get a Drake feature yeah. so so early in his uh, in his career. Well, actually, how old was he? Do you know how old he was at I that time? I don't actually know. But, like, he had Wild for the Night, uh, one train with like a shit ton of features on it. Yeah. Uh, Fashion Killer are all on the same wavelength. They're just absolute bangers. Yeah. But then he's also got some super mature songs like Phoenix, uh, Bloody Ink on My Pad Spelled Suicide. That's an absolute... That's, that's a, poetry. That's a bar. Uh, and to me, that song, Phoenix, is like one of rap's hidden gems. Uh, my five, my favourite tracks from this project are Wild for the Night, featuring uh, Skrillex and Birdie Nam Nam. And Phoenix. Birdie name name. <laughs> what a name. And then on to my favourite project of his would be At Long Last ASAP. It's got such a strong start on Holy Ghost. <clears throat> it's got the most like artsy songs at the start with the more hype songs in the middle. And I think uh, JD was like the bridge between the two. And I think it was the perfect transition from like sort of slow and soft to the harder stuff. That track also has one of the coldest lyrics ever. Like, uh, Schwarzenegger, ah, uh, straight slot and neighbor, Like, that's just that's cold. banging. That's cold. I love that lyric. Um, I won't talk about this album too much because I've talked about it a lot in the past and you have actually reviewed it in the past as well. Yes. But just like, how good is Excuse Me, Jukebox Joint, Wavy Bone, West Side Highway, M's, Every Day, this album just has so many great tracks in it, but such differing styles as well. I don't really know how he managed to flow everything together so well. Um, you talked about this when you reviewed the album as well, just at how good all the features are. Every single one does just what a feature should do, which is compliment the artist. Yeah. They don't upstage him, bring the vibe down, or try to copy him. And I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Lil Wayne on M's. He absolutely snapped. I, I copied like like half of his rhyming scheme here, and it's like a paragraph. And he goes like, I re-up tonight, I'm a B-up tonight, cooking a key up tonight, neighbours D-up, a slide to the right, throw a T-up in time, I put a B-up to fight, let's fight, don't get beat up tonight, feed up in my European, I ride up with the heater inside, you kill you, and your doggo put on a shirt that say Peter for life, like you sneeze on you tight, you got beef, I got white, you got beef, I got white, I got green, I got white, I got pink, I got pints, I got lean, I got ice, I got needles and pipes, I got clean, I got right, I got mean, I got nice, that's a Tina and Ike. 
Like that's like half of it. That's cold. I don't know how he how he did that. That that is impressive. <clears throat> that is cold right there. Uh, my favorite song on this one. I'm only going to pick one. Would have to be Max B, which fo- which features uh, Joe Fox. Like how great is that soft singing and guitar at the end? Whereas like um I'm not going to sing. But he says like um, and I wonder as I'm laying in my bed, am I still too young? Am I still too young? And I hold back thoughts running through my head. Did I fuck it up? Did I fuck it up? And then like, there's like a little crack in his voice. And he's like, sorry guys. Like right as it cuts off. That's just a banging track. And then uh, his most recent album, Testing. This album still had like softer tracks, uh, such as Fuck Sleep and Cool Drops, which featured that that prison call from Kodak. Yes. Uh, but I feel like it was much more hip-hop than any of his other projects. The running theme of this album is switching up his style again. Like, just as other people are, like, jumping onto the wave he's made with the last two albums, he's off making another one. But I feel like he's gone backwards a little bit with this album. Like, it's still really good and has a very exclusive sound. Like, if you want music like this somewhere else, too bad. doesn't yeah. exist anywhere else. Yeah. But it was less artistic than his last two. But in saying that, there are still excellent songs like Buckshots, Praise the Lord, and Guns and Butter. Uh, OG Beeper was just shit, though. Like, easily his worst song of all time. My favourite tracks from this album are ASAP Forever Remix featuring T.I., Moby, and Kid Cudi, and Purity featuring Frank Ocean. He actually really surprised me as a rapper. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed throughout all of his albums is he always does like a mix of hype shit. Like he'll have at least one banger per album. He'll have artsy songs. He'll have songs to smoke to. And as time passed, I think he just learned how to fuse all of those styles together more fluently. I don't think the sort of the different styles have changed much throughout the albums, but just his ability to put them together coherently has grown yep. um, and I think every day is just an excellent example of this mm-hmm. so yeah just as a recap my favorite songs are uh, keep it G featuring space Ghost, space ghost perp and chase infinite uh, leaf featuring main attractions uh, wild for the night featuring Skrillex and birdie nam nam Phoenix uh, Max B featuring Joe Fox ASAP forever that's the remix featuring T.I. Moby and Kid Cudi, and then Purity featuring Frank Ocean. Uh, that's the, the Discog dive done. That was pretty good, and I will say... So, which one did you say? Which was your favourite album? Oh, it'd have to be At Long Last ASAP. At Long Last ASAP. I think mine is... Um, is that the one with Every Day? Yeah. Yeah, I think that one's probably mine too. That one's a solid album. Yeah. Definitely one that you can uh, always vibe out to. Like I said before, I think that that one has um, a little bit more my style of music on there. So. Yeah. I think... Like, it's it's not my favourite by far. Yeah. The one with, like, Gold Digger, whichever one that is. No, Long Live Gold Digger. Oh, no, not Gold with Digger. With Kanye West. Yeah. I don't know what their song's called. I don't know either. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, right. fucking problems. No, it's not on that song. No, no, Kanye, it's not on that oh, song. Oh, but he's That's on that album. album. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Oh, no. I keep <laughs> messing up with my mic. It's still working, though. 
<laughs> uh, so I did the rap region on Australia, and I actually uncovered a lot of stuff that I didn't I didn't actually even know. So um, it has a very long history. It actually started um, the same year the first ever hip hop song was released in uh, 1979 oh, really? with uh, the Sugar Hill Gang. With who? Sorry. With the Sugar Hill Gang, like that's not who oh, okay. it was, but like it started in that same year. Mate, look at us. Um, in We're 19- up there. What? We're up there. Wait, with we are. The USians. Yeah. So in 1979, two Australians actually invented the first ever digital synthesizer and sampler. Oh wow! So something that's like used like every day now, yeah. like a necessity in in music was was made right here. Forty years ago. Yeah, forty years ago. It's crazy, that's isn't cool. it? That's cool. So all those guys that use samples in their songs owe it to us. Mm. Yeah, if it wasn't for us, you guys wouldn't be able to do that. Yep. And also another technological first that happened in Australia was the first ever computer to play music was in Sydney. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Mate, I thought we were shit with technology. Nah, mate. So in 1983, the first ever rap song was released. So we were were a couple years behind um, in terms of actually releasing music, but we did release... Uh, we did have uh, contributions to the yeah. to the game um, all the way back then. But um, this track is called An Average Aussie Band. And I'm actually not even sure if that's the track name or if that's the <laughs> the, 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 the people that sung it. But uh, yeah, there's not really much about it except that it was a joke uh, novelty track, which we'll, we'll okay. um, hear a lot more of because a lot of people don't count like the first four years of Oz hip hop because it's all novelty rap. <laughs> so I don't know if you count it or not, but... Apparently, it, it was the so first ever, so... What's, like, the topic of it? I have no... I haven't heard it. Is it, like, Flabba Wabba Jabba Noongar, whatever his name is? is nah, it like a I don't know. Is it, like, a kind of style of that? I don't even know. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know that one, yeah. But I don't know if that's <laughs> what he's like. Um, and then Meet in... Me out front. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's in 1984, um, another one was released, but it also was a satire track, um... So not many counted it. And then in 1985, another one came out, but it only sold 20, 20 copies worldwide. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think that was mainly in part because it was only sold at five stores. Like you could only go to certain stores and get it. So I don't know. So we didn't actually have a very good start to the to the scene, but no, it definitely we, we did pick up. We created it, but did nothing with it. Yeah. But I think in, that's funny. Like the first couple of years, it was just... Joking around. It's just memes, really. Yeah. We were the inventor of memes. <laughs> but in we created memes. Yeah, we actually did, along with the, the synthesizer and whatnot. But uh in nineteen eighty five as well, same year that uh twenty twenty records um guy, mm. um Melbourne had its first ever hip hop only event. So it was like sort of like a show oh, okay. you could go to. I assume there's not much info because it's just like a random mm. event at a random place, but um, it was $5 to enter and I assume it was just like you go and sit and you watch people perform or maybe you could go up and perform yourself. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty interesting part of the history because like I said, when I did the Chicago thing, they were really pushing for um, Chicago artists to, to perform at places and yeah. and here we are pushing um, our own guys. Then in 1987, something good finally happened. <laughs> so, like, so it was eight nine, years later. Eight years eight later. Years yeah. later there, there was a group called Skippy the Butcher, which I think should sue Benny the Butcher because it's quite clearly a, a steal of his name. But no, surely Skippy the Butcher came first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Skippy the Butcher should oh, okay. sue Benny the Butcher. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, they actually toured with Run DMC. Oh, wow. So like when they came to Australia, they were with them. 
and they yeah. performed um, for them. So that's like an iconic, uh, yeah, iconic rap group. Rap group. Like people wear shirts with them on it, and they yeah. don't even know who Run DMC is. Exactly. So this was a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and in the same year, Perth aired an all hip hop uh, radio station. Okay. Which we, we were slowly building steam. Um, and that ran from 1987 to 1992. So we got a few yeah. good years in there. Um, and then it it paved the way for like even guys like us. We could we could uh, have yeah. our own sort of. Um, well, I think Triple J was really the one that sort of like popped that yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about them because they come oh, a little yeah. bit later. But yeah, um, yeah they also more mid 90s, I think. Yeah, they started in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's pretty cool. And then in 1988, uh, we finally had some legit rap. Australia, um had its first major label signing there was a group that signed like an actual major record label to like um an, uh, a group that had like um pop pop artists with them and okay. rock artists so we're finally being put in the fray yeah um, which is really good and Mate, the fray's a good band oh the fray yeah <laughs> and this this starting point from like 1988 onwards is really when it started to like happen because then this is when like the media news newspapers t- television Stations were really picking up, and then in 1989, Triple Triple J was born. Um, and yep. even though it wasn't into hip hop right at the time, they were more favoring like um, rock. Yeah, like indie sort of. Yeah, rock yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they finally um, warmed up to it, and now basically all the songs that they play is 50% um, hip hop. Mm. Even though it's not all Australian. Yeah, um, they, they play a lot of um, American artists. Yeah. Um, Gabby's been listening to them a lot recently, and. They play, like, hip-hop that other radio stations here don't. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Hit 105 or Nova or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, like, other states have those radio stations or not. Yeah, they'll have something similar, something yeah. something different. But, um, yeah, like, they, Triple J play, like, uh, Denzel Curry and J. Cole. Yeah. And, I'm going to talk yeah. about um, a little bit more of that later on. But, yeah, uh, I think that they're... They sort of strayed away from Australian artists, though, which uh, which is not really good for the uh, population, I don't think. Yeah. Like, when they play more American artists, like, they're just going to keep getting more plays. But... Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, this is when the boom happened. Rise, Taki, um, this 16-year-old named KIC or Kick. I'm not really sure. They all signed to major labels. Um, but then in none more long-lasting than, than the absolute iconic... Wait, something just came up on my... Uh, on my screen real quick one time i don't know what's going on here what do you mean real quick one time i don't know what's going on on my screen it's <laughs> what gone. Is it? i don't know there we go it's gone now what did it say it said your download's done it wasn't even downloading anything <laughs> but none was more um important or long lasting as hilltop hoods 1994 um yep. they released their debut project and that was actually 25 years ago so Wow, they've been in the game a long time. They've been going time. strong. No one in, in any genre really goes for that long unless you're no. like seen as like iconic, really. Yeah. Like you don't. But I don't think they're even iconic yet. Yeah. I think in Australia they probably are. Yeah. And maybe that's how they're, they're um, still going. And they've, they've dominated Australian hip-hop. If you think of Australian hip-hop, it's Hilltop Hoods. Yeah. That's basically it. Like maybe 360 or Cursor. Um, if I'd, I'd probably put Illy above them just because he's more pop. Yeah, a lot of m- lot more people. Seth know Century, about him. guys like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, this is when it like finally like now we're like okay, Australia's starting to put itself on the yeah. map. Um, and then now coming into this new generation, I'm gonna skip the middle of the 2000s. It wasn't all that great. It was just a lot of uh, hilltop hoods, 
um, really. And then when did Chillin' It come out? I don't know in the in the in the naughty uh, in the in the tens, I believe somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I really think that these guys that that are um, up now are really doing the genre proud. Like they're really trying to carry this uh, this like um, this burden, this load because it's so hard for them because they have to basically birth a whole um, genre and it's and it's hard to get the backing and and the support and stuff like that when you're not really. Um, put in the limelight like, like a lot of these um, American rappers are, are put in and yeah. Flavor Flav a bit of a memer actually <laughs> came to Australia and said that Australian hip hop was better than, than oh, wow. uh, North American I don't know how to <laughs> I don't know how to take that he's quite a he's quite a memer but he is what about South American hip hop oh I don't know about South American some <laughs> some Brazilian some <laughs> he Brazilian, that above Australia I don't know <laughs> so we had guys like Bliss and Nesso 360, Cursor, Illy, Seth Century, obviously the Hilltop Hoods, Triple One, chilling it all day. Lady Lash, Kimblow and Baker Boy, those are some indigenous artists that are all really good. You should definitely go check them out. But I like Baker Boy. They're definitely all worth a listen and um, great at what they do. I think that that's the, the important thing that mm. in this in this segment, we, we try to talk about like the, the positives of the, the genre. And although yeah. you and I don't really listen to it too much, we can definitely appreciate uh what it's doing and i'll support it all the time like yeah we re-reviewed some look, look i guess it's the same with anything as long as it's good yeah exactly and like um, I, I probably wouldn't stand up for cursor anytime soon yeah but but yeah chilling it who actually had a legitimately good album yeah i'll say this is good yeah exactly and, and yeah I'll, I'll be proud of it and i i honestly think that soon enough um it, it's taking time like we see it in in the nba um if you watch it that like it's gonna be, it's dominated so much by one sort of um, nation, and in, in, in yeah. America, it was um, like American-born, African-American players: LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, Kawhi Leonard. Um, now, but in this new generation, we're seeing a lot of um, imports, like um, guys like Ben Simmons, who's from who's from Melbourne, um, guys from Croatia, and guys from all over the world are really putting in a lot of work. And I honestly think that the next great artist or in the next few five six seven years i think the next great artist will come from australia um and because we've already had such great imports in other genres like troy savan yeah like hugh jackman like they're all sort of all out there now margot robbie yeah exactly like we're gonna eventually have a rapper like we don't have a rapper right now that's that's like killing it like like even canada has like drake and the weekend yeah like doing it in in the mainstream so I think Australia, we will catch up eventually. Um, but yeah, and I think it's it's on us, like as consumers and as Australians, that we need to sort of support them a bit more. We'll talk about them on the show. Um, and I think that's where Triple J really failed. Like back back 10 years ago, even like six, seven years ago, the top, the uh, Hot 100 always used to be like a lot of Australian artists. Yeah. Um, but now, like, I think what won last it's year... It's just a popularity contest. Yeah, now. like Kendrick Lamar, like Travis Scott's yeah. Sicko Mode came, like, fifth last year or something. Yeah. It's like um, This Is America. Was yeah, there. no, yeah. that was number one. Oh, this Is go. America was number one. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I think they need to... Like, I'm, I'm not telling them what they should play, but if they're going to stick to this, like, alternative yeah. sort of Australian supporting... Because what do they call it? Unearthed Triple J or something? Yeah, yeah, Like, Triple that's J one of their things, so... Yeah, yeah, that's their, like... Calling point, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're not really doing that. I don't think anyway. Like I haven't heard any new new rappers come through. Um, yeah. So we'll have to wait, and I hope that they put some more out because they put out. They really highlighted some really great artists um, in yeah. the past. So hopefully they can uh, continue that and 
Mm. All we can do is give them time. Yeah. Well, one thing I do actually give props um, to Triple J for is I can't really remember the song, but they got a lot of backlash for playing it. I think that it might have had like a particularly disturbing chorus or something like that. So they just responded in the, my most favourite kind of fuck you way by just playing that song on repeat for 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, I remember. We, we talked about that, was it last week or two weeks ago maybe? It might have been two weeks ago. Yeah, we definitely talked about that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really funny. Yeah. All right, so do you want to get into your review? Yeah. Or do you want to do the, the song of the years? It's up to you. No, I'll do the review. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, so Twister's Summer 96. Yep. Who thought we'd be hearing a, a Twister album? And like a, a feature I would happily welcome. Yeah. But a whole album from Twister in 2019 is a bit uh, crazy. There are no lyrics for this album anywhere. So can I just say how bloody hard it is to listen to Twister with no lyrics in front of you? I was having a hard time. Yeah, tongue twister. Yep. (laughs) He had to change it for like copyright, didn't he? I don't know. I think he just changed it just in general. Okay. I think tongue twister's better. So the first track... Self-titled, Summer 96, was actually really dope. The intro started out with saying things that happened in the summer of 96. So there'd be a voice going like, Summer of 96. And then audio from like the NBA championship would play. Summer of 96. There'd be audio of a news reporter saying Tupac was shot, etc. And um, yeah, then when he came in, he went off. It was a really dope beat. And of course he was rapping fast as shit. Uh, Home Invasion, with which featured Do or Die, was actually quite bad. Twister was good, but the beat was very lacklustre, and Do or Die had the chorus as well as two verses. And yeah, I'm not really a big fan of them. So for a Twister song, and there's only one verse of Twister. Yeah. Yeah, like why? Um, so that really sort of brought my mood down already in the second song. Uh, Shootout, it also featured Do or Die. That was actually a really good track. But Do or Die still kind of ruined it. Uh, it was really good, had a lot of high energy. Then Do or Die took the mic, didn't lose it for a couple of lines, and then it really slowed down. Like, uh, I, uh, Do or Die is a group, and I'm not sure which one of them was rapping here, but he, he just went like, I don't really want no problems. I don't want to squeeze these triggers. All I want to do is get money. I don't want to have to kill neighbors. I don't want to kill your neighbours. Kill your neighbours. Kill your neighbours. For some reason I I forgot that you were replacing the word. And I thought he actually (laughs) said neighbours. I was like, wow, this is a a bit of a weird timeline. (laughs) But then, yeah, and then I I, I caught up. Yeah, that is a bit of censorship thing. But like, that's the exact cadence that he was catering it in. It was so bad. Um, Like, yeah, as riveting as that is, hearing... Kill your neighbours over and over again. Yeah. Just the the energy that he brought really brought down the vibe. Uh, Body Talk was a bit of like a, a pillow talk kind of track. Uh, Scotty Music had the chorus, and he's a very good singer. Scotty. Never heard of Scotty Music Scotty before. Scotty Music, he's, he's quite um, high on himself, wasn't he? Quite what? High on himself. Like, he's like, I am music. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Scotty Music. <laughs> um... Yeah, he's actually a really good singer. The beat was very soft, and it sounded really good with Twister rapping fast over it. But it was quite jarring going from Scotty's soft, slow singing to just all of a sudden. Yeah. 
it would have been much better if Twister sort of started out slower and then ramped it up. And it kind of annoyed me a little bit because later on in the verse, he slowed it down to like a much better speed. Like if he just started out with that and then ramped it up, it would have sounded so much better. Um, How I Look was just a flex song. Like it wasn't really anything special. I would definitely say it's a filler track. Smoke On By features Vic Spencer. And it's a pretty chill song with like soft singing. Vic has some pretty slow rapping. Twister's super fast, of course, which does sound really good over the beat. But the vibe of the track was set when the chorus played first. It's a slow beat, and slow singing was what we heard first. Then Twister comes in rapping fast, and it was just jarring. I, th- I think if Twister had gone first, rapping fast, and then introduced a slower chorus, it would have flowed like a lot better. But War Ready is a bop and a half, I can tell you that much. He really focused more on melodies on this one. Uh, so far, all of his tracks have just been focusing on rapping as fast as he can and is saying that no one else can rap as fast as him. There's nothing really wrong with that. Uh, I, I do still like it at times, but I think if that's what he's saying, you need to say something else as well. You know, if, if content's lacking, you need something else to help bring it back. Uh, everyone knows he can rap fast, so although that's impressive, after a couple of tracks, it's like, can you do something else or is this about it? Uh, but War Ready was much more melodic and catchy, and he still rapped fast, so it sounded much better. My favourite lyric is, like, I'm not going to rap it fast, because I just, I physically can't. My mouth can't do it. Yeah, fair enough. But he said, even though it's part of us, I'm still Spartacus, led you like Leviticus or the goddess Artemis. That's pretty hard, right? Like, yeah, that was really clever. Um, and the reason that's my favourite, it's not because of the content or the speed or the delivery, but I love how rhyme-heavy that is. Like, almost every single word in there rhymed with another one. Like, part of us, Spartacus, lead you like Leviticus, or the goddess Artemis. Like, that was really, really clever. Yeah. Uh, no Weapon features beads. When the beat first started, I thought it was pretty bad. The bells in there were really close together, and it just sounded too disjointed. I'll get it up real quickly. But it just sounded like like a kid was just mashing on a keyboard. Yeah. So it just sounds too... Like everything's too squished up, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um... But when the two rappers came in, I don't know how it happened. It just sounded hard all of a sudden. Like, it worked. Uh, Beads killed the chorus as well. It's so catchy and cold. Uh, No weapon against me should prosper. I've got hitters on my roster. I'd be shooting like a raster. I've got killers. I've got riders. Um, All I Know, which features bandman Kivo, has Twister doing what I've wanted him to do this whole album. Just slow it down a little bit and give us something else. We all know he can rap fast, and it is very impressive, but he just needs to show more versatility. And he does that here. He slows down, or he slows it down, and he brings a little more flavour to his flows, giving him more interesting melodies that you can actually rap along to. Uh, so Fresh, So Clean features Burner and My Aeroplane Company, which right. is Clark Airlines. Clark Airlines, mate, yep. that's quite a wild name, <laughs> Clark Airlines. Uh, it's very similar to the majority of the songs here, a slower, softer, plushier beat with the features singing, having a chill vibe, and then Twister just coming in suddenly and rudely waking you up. 
uh, he either needs to slow down or just choose some other features. Like if he really wants to show you how fast he can rap on every album, just do it like for three tracks or something. Keep the rest of the tracks so people can actually rap along. Uh, Weekend, which featured Shan, was actually perfect. She actually sounds a lot like Ariana Grande. I've never heard of her before. Uh, and Twister came in with a normal speed and a good flow. It sounded nice. I could rap along to it once I learned the lyrics. But every now and then he'll just speed it up a little for like a line or two. Just to show you that he can and to show you that you can't keep up with it. Showing Off finally came second to making an enjoyable track. Uh, but Hey Nah was absolute fucking trash. What song? Hey Nah. Hey Nah. Okay. Like, hello and then no. Yeah. Hey Nah. Hey Nah. Um, like, I'll play it in a little bit, but it just has to be a troll. Like, there's no way that this song can be, like, legitimate. Uh, it's like a higher level of troll than Kanye's poopity scoop. Uh, yeah, I'll play it, I'll play it. And, uh, at, right at the end, like, he literally just says, hey, nah, throughout the whole track, but I'll play it. Um, but right at the end, he says, yeah, that's right. And that's just the intro. Which, like, not only doesn't make sense because it was shit, but it's, like, the 13th fucking track. It's not the intro. Like, it's just trash. But this is it here. It's DJ Paris, a.k.a. the This is literally three minutes long of this. No, this song's pretty flames, actually. No, it's not. This is so bad. Like, I'm going to skip forward like a minute and a half. This song hasn't changed at all. And it's a minute and a half later. Mate, you're a hater. It's so bad. Like, it sounds like something from the early 2000s that, like, the sneaky sound system would make. Sneaky sound system? Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Zach Percy's uncle's in that or something. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> um... But yeah, so Twister, if you're listening, I'm not mad. I'm just very disappointed. Um, radio is up next, and the first noise took me by surprise. It's a guitar, which right. sort of, it slowly turns into a keyboard kind of sound, which actually, it, that sounds really good. I really like that transition. But then it drops, and it's a fucking electronic song. Like, I did not expect a Twister album in 2019, <laughs> and I didn't expect there to be, like, dubstep on it. Um, the drop is kind of like if you took a bass line and turned it into a synth it did sound pretty good but then just as it's building up again it doesn't drop and the original soft guitar comes in and Twister raps fast over it I'll play that as, I'll play that as well but it does sound quite bad in my opinion what's it called? Radio I'm going to go to 155 so there's the guitar in the intro so like a Twister album that has this, it definitely took me by surprise. Yeah. But then just as it's building up here... Right, right. Building up. It building sounds up. pretty hype, like something you'd hear at a club. Yep, sure. But then, just as it's about to drop... Sounds like um, a bit of... Um, is that Pitbull? <laughs> like, no, I don't like that it just stops. And then there's a guitar. That that bit's okay. But him just rapping fast over a guitar like that, it sounds bad. 
Like, that legitimately sounds like Pitbull. I 100% agree. It's so bad. Like, is that Pitbull? (laughs) Um, And then later as well, on the same track, he tries his hand at auto-tune. Right. And it legitimately horrified me. I'm going to play that as well. Like, this is literally early 2000s. That's flames, that's what that is. I don't know what you're talking about. That's so bad. I don't enjoy this. And I think Twister should have never made this. I I agree with you. (laughs) And then, yeah, it just jumps back into the basic synth. Like, this track left me the most confused I've ever been in my life. Okay, that's fair. No part of the song was particularly bad. The fast rapping over the soft guitar was probably the worst bit, and that was only bad just because it didn't fit together. Yeah. The thing that made the song trash is that nothing was coherent. It was like I was walking backwards and forwards from an electronic club to a rap concert, and there was a busker playing guitar in between the two clubs. The album didn't lack cohesion. It never had any in the first place. It did start out okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. I was enjoying it. The biggest critique for the first half would just be his age. Like, he's saying shit like, look how fast I can rap. Just look at it. You can't do this, but I can. See how fast it is? And it's only about money and clothes. How I look was the worst offender for this. The chorus was, look at my jewels and tell me how they look. Stunning. Look at my clothes and tell me how they look. Fly. And it's like, Grow up, dude. Like, he's like that meme of Steve Buscemi. Of Steve Buscemi. Like, the how do you do fellow kids. Yeah. You know, he's in the school with, like, the skateboard. Yeah. Twister is 45 years old. My dad's, like, 50. Mate, your dad is a baller. Uh, he, he couldn't pull off those raps. <laughs> let's have a look at what other 45-year-old rappers are. Or, like, around that age. Jay-Z is 49. Black Thought is 47. Eminem is 46, Common is 47, Mad Lib is 45. And here's Twister going, look at my, look at my whip and tell me how it look. You got it. Like, it's so immature. Uh, the last portion of the project, though, was just horrible. It had absolutely no cohesion, and it honestly felt like I was just being trolled. Uh, I ran out of time when I was initially listening to it one morning, and I had to go to work. So I had only listened to the first, or so I listened to the first and the second half separately. Right. Uh, like, for the first time anyway. The, you know, the other times I listened to it, I listened to it all the way through. But the first time, I when I only listened to the first half, I was thinking of rating it, like, slightly above average, like a, a six and a half or something. It wasn't bad. Um, it just, I think the main point about it is it didn't have much replayability. Mm-hmm. But then the second half really brought it down if it wasn't for like radio and hey nah it would probably get like a four and a half but the fact that he wrote that thought it was appropriate to spend his time the producer's time and the time of anyone else that was in the studio with him and then after hearing it thought yes let's release that for people to listen to like that really dragged down and i'm gonna rate it a two and a half out of ten Two and a half, that's quite, um... 
quite bad. Quite Charlie Sheen-esque. <laughs> I can understand Haynar being like a troll song. Right. But it honestly seemed like he took radio seriously. And that's... Like, you can tell it's not satire. Can we hear that cow? Yeah, I, I hope the people can't hear the cow. <laughs> it is making me laugh every time. <laughs> like, I'm legitimately trying to hold in my laugh every single time. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It is a funny sounding cat. If you can't hear it. (laughs) I'll edit in the sound of a cow. Yeah. But yeah, we've got like a far... It's like like three Ks away or something and we can hear the bloody cow. That cow is loud. (laughs) It is. But yeah, so my favorite song on the album is War Ready and the worst song is Radio. Radio. Yeah. Well, let's hear yours. You want my review? Yeah. Oh, you did uh, Bandana, didn't you? Gucci Bandana. That's a um, Soldier Boy song. <laughs> Gucci Bandana. That cow's trolling me so it hard. It sounds like a toy. Like when you press a oh, button. Oh, yeah. No, it sounds like... You know those ones where you like press it in and it's like... As yeah. it like squeezes yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... Mad Living Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just laughing at it now since you pointed it out. Yeah, it is quite a funny... Um, Noise. Funny... Yeah, cow. What a funny guy he is. <laughs> okay, so this is the follow-up to the cult classic and personally one of my favourite albums um, of the last 10 years, uh, Piñata. Had yep. great tracks like Shame, Deeper, Robes and Bomb. Um, a, a lot of great features on those. Raekwon, Domogenesis. Um, mm. Love Domogenesis. BJ, what? I love Domogenesis. Oh, yeah. BJ yeah. the Chicago Kid. Um, and What's his actual name, BJ the Chicago Kid? No idea. I hope his initials are BJ, otherwise that's just a yeah. meme. Uh, I think he is. But <laughs> in my um, notes here, it says Freddie Gabs. Um, <laughs> but Freddie Gibbs and Madlib join forces, um, and they're instantly off with some, hit it off with some really great music. Uh, there has been a fair amount of change between Pinata um, and this latest release, Bandana, just because it's been five years. And like Freddie's released his own projects, and Madlib's yeah. been working on his own stuff, so... Uh, it's really a different dynamic now. Um, in in Pinata, they actually didn't really work together. They didn't even see each other in the studio. It was Madlib did beats, Freddie Gibbs did uh, did the rapping, and then they just put it together and then they released the album. So there was actually an interview uh, with Madlib and Freddie Gibbs and and Madlib. He's he's quite a funny guy. He he got asked the question. He was like, "Why do you like working with Freddie?" And and he just said, uh, "Because he raps good." That's it. That's. <laughs> That was his answer. That's pretty fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he raps good. Yeah. Um, and, and back then, and even now on this album, Freddie, Freddie said that he would sit with his manager and he would sit with uh, Mad Lib's uh, manager and he would just like listen to beats for days because he couldn't actually attack them. Like he didn't know how to how to get through and like how to actually. Okay rap on them because Madlib produces some crazy things and yeah, introduces some, some crazy shit. samples and um, he actually said in an interview that he believes that 90% of rappers couldn't work with Madlib just because of how out there um, <laughs> a lot of the beats are and how difficult they are that's like 90% of producers can't work with fucking JPEG Mafia yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so uh, Madlib uh, like the majority of his work uh, on projects is very detailed and intricate uh, very hample hample heavy sample heavy um, he used a total of 23 samples um, on oh, this geez. thing so that's what we've found there are of course probably ones that have um, 
been hidden and and stuff like that. And the 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 album is only fifteen tracks long, so there's and there's a few that have like two or three samples on them. So it does add up. There actually are some songs that um, don't have any. So the it's not like all even. It's not like one per track or anything like that. There's yeah. a few with three. There's a few with none. There's a few with two or whatever. Um, and I think the pro- production is as muddy and as distorted and as uh, sort of murky and in the background as as murky. Madlib ever has gotten. And that's really his style, like that low uh, that lo-fi yeah. sort of, of dirty muddiness. And uh, Madlib like airy. Yeah, exactly. Madlib yeah. comes in and sometimes make beats on iPads. Like that's what he does. Like he just band. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's like quite wild. Um, what an absolute lord. Yeah, because he just says if you like the beat, then you like the beat. Like it doesn't matter anything else. Like how I made it, who cares? Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So like he's like if you don't like yeah, the beat, matter... then then don't take it. Yeah. How does it matter? Like yeah, exactly. What he made it on or how he made it. And and that contributes to it sounding not as clean. Like that's when I say yeah. like how it's muddy and how it's, how it's a bit, uh, bit distorted and, but that's just like Madlib. That, that's what he goes for. That's, yeah, that's his, signature yeah, that's style. his sound. And so I think some songs could have done with better mixing, like obviously, but that's just not Madlib and that's not the sound that he's going for. He's creating sort of like an atmosphere and a vibe. So, um, songs like, uh, Yanis, um, education, I think could have, uh, could have been done a little bit better, but again, like I said, it's 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 contributing to the vibe of the album. Um, this is through and through a Mad Lib project. If you've listened to his work with MF Doom on Mad Villainy, his work with a few artists, MED Blue, like on Bad Neighbor. If you've listened to um, the Unseen by Quasimodo, which is his uh, his second persona, um, you'll definitely be used to this production, and and nothing will jump out at you. And and I I think that's what going into this album being a big fan of Madlib throughout the years I, I wasn't thrown off and and the the beat on Yanis comes in with that with this with the like the soul like the reggae like it sounds like an African dance sort okay. of like I don't know I'm gonna I'm play it real quick but yeah just the way he comes in and then Freddie Gibbs absolutely kills it um right off the rip oh I spelled that wrong I think it's it's Yanis I'm pretty sure the the song I'm thinking of but um I'm not getting any service right now real quick one time. But yeah, I think this is like the song that really like it, it, his his skill really comes through. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a really nice sample and it's just something that that you'll um you'll be used to. Yeah. Uh, and something that we we weren't used to on the second half of half main half cocaine, the the half cocaine part um because there's a few beat switches on this and I'm actually talking about that um in a little bit. It's actually trap. We get trap, uh, trap lib. Trap lib. Yeah, so it's I a like little that. bit of um, trap from him, and, and it's not great. It's it's not like these guys that have been working on it for for their whole careers. Yeah, but definitely shows potential. And if he wanted to do like a whole project with someone, um, definitely think he could pull it off. Um, working with the right guy. Uh, so one of the recurring themes throughout this um, whole album is Freddie struggles with his identity. Uh, he can't decide if he, if he's the drug dealer, uh, Gangster Gibbs, yeah. um, or if he's the rapper and artist, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Like, he, he doesn't really know what he wants to be. Cuts like Half Main, Half Cocaine talk directly about this. The Half Main um, is talking about the lavish lifestyle that, that a rapper gets and that, that Freddie's had, um, like, making money, um, 
the the money, the the women, the adulation, the the adornment, the fans, and everything like that. Um, yeah. And then the second half is about hustling and dealing drugs, the half cocaine part, and and the the um, the struggles that come with it. And it's like he's fighting with himself, which one he wants to be. He can't quite pick. Yeah. Um, he he wants to be the rapper with the foreign cars, but he also wants to be the gangster that that mixes heroin with detergent to make more money. He even says that. Um. He is half and half, like the name suggests. So he, he can't really choose. Um, fake names is another example of this. The first half reflects um, on the on the murder and grisly side of the street life. Um, he talks about putting people to sleep because they were sleeping um, with his friend's wife. Like th- there was a bit of cheating going on, and he said he, he did things and um and he sort of he's so he's so real and it, and the things that he does is so real that he has to use fake names. Um, yeah. And, and, and he also said on there, which was, was really interesting and really like um, visual for me, was when he goes to sleep, he sees dead people's um, faces. Like that's all oh, he wow. can think about. Like yeah. it's like it, it takes up like his whole um, life. He, he sees their faces and, and the past that he's done to them or what they've done to him. Um, he sees that like he's haunted by it. Um, then, the, then the beat switches and Mad Lib transitions into like this smooth instrumental um, and Freddie uh, raps about the lifestyle of the rapper. Well, are you laughing at the crows? That's no, like, oh, What? <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, he talks about like his new lifestyle as a rapper and also the the positive side of being a, a drug dealer. Like that part, um, the first half was about the negative sides and, and, and the street life and, and the killing and the murders mm. and whatnot. But this side talks about how he... Um, when he goes to court, he he's looking funeral fresh, like he, he's fresh Ooh. to death, and he and he's got his uh, Givenchy. He he pronounced it like that. I'm not actually entirely sure if that's right no, or Givenchy. Yeah, he said it with a G. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so no, he, he talks about his. He's uh, a list of show. He's uncultured. Yeah, his Givenchy <laughs> lapels. Um, Wait, lapels. Yeah, like the I don't know. I don't even know what lapels are. Isn't that what you tie like no, that? That's a cufflink. Oh, what's a lapel? Well, something me, up here. There's a lapel mic, and that's something that you're, yeah. Like a mic that so you maybe I don't know. He says I he's don't got think they make Gavanchi. Gavanchi. <laughs> um, this duality and the way Freddie talks about it, his internal struggle is is what make this album really great. Something that we can connect with, and he really puts it into perspective that he he's obviously made mistakes, and that he he's not a perfect man. He knows that he's yeah he's contributed to potentially uh, like murder and and, mm. and drug dealing and whatnot, but. He's like very self-aware. Yeah, but he also sort of takes a side back and and talks about how his life, and, and we get this on the last track, Soul Right, where he talks about um, is his life, um, is he okay with what he's done in his life? Yeah. And he says, yes, like I'm all right with it. I've done it because of this, this, and this. Like he said, he's come from like a really bad place. His parent, his mother in particular, I'm not sure. I don't think he mentions his father. But like really struggled and like he came from the streets. Like he wasn't doing it like for no reason. Basically yeah. is how, how he justifies it to himself. Um, and yet, like I said, on that final track, he's, he's trying to decide. Like he's like, okay, I've got these two roads that I can go down. Which one do I want to choose? And am I happy with being a uh, criminal in the past? And he yeah. eventually does say, yes, I'm all right with it. He's like, I look back on my life and I think I'm all right or something along those lines. Okay. Um, and then right at the end is when... Did you hear the cow? Yeah. <laughs> and then right at the end is when 
Madlib opens up the sample and he cuts the the vocals and it's just like he's just like playing the album out and then but as a listener you expect Freddie to come back in and and definitively give an answer like yes I'm choosing this or yes I'm choosing that yeah and he never does he sort of leaves it okay um, open. I like that so he still might not have decided as well yeah exactly um, okay so I'm gonna talk about a few specific songs and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my final um, thoughts on it but the song Palm Olive. Or pal- palm olive. I'd say you... palm olive. Yeah, palm olive. Yeah, yeah. that's how I, I think it is uh, said to. Um, this is my number one track of the year. I think I said that about 20, 20 weeks straight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is certainly now, like without a doubt in my mind, this is my favorite song of the year. And uh, the last three weeks, I've actually reviewed an album with uh, Pusha T on it. I did Benny the Butcher, this one, and uh, Gold Link's album. They all had Pusha T. And I think this is the best Pusha T feature I've heard all year and potentially the best Pusha T verse that I've heard of all time. Um, it's, it's honestly crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just show how he enters this verse, how crazy this is. Okay. And, and I think this is one of the hardest intros ever. So he comes in, look, real bars are the ill bars. These scars are the only proof that they couldn't kill gods or guards, bards, yeah. guards. My Coke hand's still sketching out my memoirs what did I do to them door panels on them wind stars? Oh, that's disgusting. The way he says yeah. it, the way he just comes in. Let me let me see if I can find that spot. Okay, that's hard. That is hard. Let me let me uh. We need to take a shower after hearing that. That is hard. Let me let me see if I can find exactly where it is. So we'll cut this out. You won't even hear it, but. <laughs> Real the- oh my god! I just got it. <laughs> It's disgusting. That is absolutely disgusting. Um and Killer Mike's contribution uh was really strong. I really liked it. He was just the chorus and it was essentially an instruction manual on how to make money and what you should do. He's like, make money, get money, don't split your money, and don't let the government take your money. Basically, is what he's saying, and he's he's sort of talking about the is pitfalls. He advocating tax evasion. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, yes, he calls it make money, then make money. That's called mathematics. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I really like Freddie. <laughs> Uh, Freddie on this track as well so it, it sort of all came together to be a really great track and I think um, I'm going to talk about a, a quite controversial um, line in okay. a minute but he used some pretty dope words in there to rhyme like Yoji Yamamoto um, and a scheme that when Vl- Vladimir Banana Clip moved with Russian collusion shooters <laughs> I think that was a hard line right yeah. there that's um, a, like every word in there is difficult to yeah. not only say but to rhyme yeah um I don't think it's it didn't jump off the page to me like uh, the 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 second verse of Giannis or the um, songs like Crime Pays Half Man Half Cocaine or Situations, mm-hmm. but it's still really good in its own right and um, it was good enough to where the the other two contributions made this my favorite song of the 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 uh, what's that noise of the I think that's a dog <laughs> is that my dog yeah I think so <laughs> um, yeah. He, he was definitely out, outshone, outshined, outshone by uh, the two features. I um, mean, he's in. And, oh, for um, fuck's sake, what are you doing? I swear every time we record, he comes in. 
You can't see him on the on the TV on the on the, on the video. <laughs> But uh, are you going to take him out, or are you just going to let yeah, him? Yeah, no, I'll you're take, gonna him, take out. him out. Right. I'll uh, hold him up to the mic so he can say hello, though. Okay. Hey, come here. Hey, what do you want to say to the people? Hey. He didn't say anything. No, he's a bit shy. All right, we're back. Yeah. He's inside. So I think it was definitely outshone by the two features, but um, there's one line on this that has been. Sparking controversy, sparking debate. Okay. Um, I don't think you've heard this yet, but he talks about being an anti-vaxxer on this track, <laughs> Freddie. Okay. He says, uh, "Keep." He says something along the lines of, "Keep your poison off me." Get also, f- he's saying he's an anti-vaxxer. Yes, and he says, "Like, okay, get get the fuck away from me with your va- with your vaccines or something like that. Keep your <laughs> vaccines off me." Something along those lines, which I think is. Like, I, I don't care what you do if you want to vaccinate yeah. or whatever, but I think that it's quite uh, dangerous because he has such a, a, a large platform. I think yeah. some other people have bigger platforms, obviously. If, if like, Drake came out and said it, it yeah. would be a much bigger deal. But I think Freddie knows that he has a lot of listeners. And um, and other than that, it just didn't match the, the song or the whole album. Like, it was about, <laughs> like, the street life and, and things like that. And then he just comes in with, with vaccines. So, I don't know. It was weird. And I didn't have a don't hate it but it, it could have just been omitted from the album I think yeah the song Gap Damn I wasn't really a massive fan on I thought it was just quite boring and quite um, not necessary it was just Freddie Gibbs singing basically it wasn't even him he did rap but the main portion of the song was um, singing and just wasn't his uh, just wasn't his style and I, I didn't really yeah. like it and Yanis one of my favourite songs from the album uh, I really liked the song but I think uh, Anderson Pack just stepped over his boundary on the rap verse. I think if he just had the chorus, because um, I think his chorus was really good. Um, it was like power, love, and loyalty. Wash me clean. Ooh. I think it was really nice. Um, and he's like, flowers on your grave. I think it was a really cool um, chorus. It was only like four lines. Um, but then he had a rap verse, and I think he just killed all the momentum Freddie had because I think Freddie's second verse on that whole album was like one of the best on the on the album so mm. uh, his second verse on that song rather was the best on one of the best on the album so it really just killed the mood for me and like the chorus didn't like his verse and Freddie Gibbs has actually had a new take on the real G's move in silence like lasagna he said real G's move in silence like Yanis uh, which <laughs> is uh, a basketball player's name he is uh, from Greece um, he just won the MVP actually so congratulations to Yanis Antetokounmpo um Oh, we, we talked about him earlier. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a really cool um, cool thing. And yeah, overall, this is different to uh, Pinata. Um, this feels much more like a collaboration between two friends than yeah. two artists, where I think Pinata was much more about the, the two guys coming together for the first time. And I think that there, there was a lot more um, comfort and a lot more trust in this. And a lot of work in today's industry... Um, is send a beat, get a verse. Yeah. Like how Pinata was the first time. And, and guys like... Um, some guys have their own in-house producers like Drake and guys like that. But a lot of people are, are working from what that, whatever they can get their hands on, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really I really respect that these two guys are like grinders. They're hustlers. Like they're really just trying to master their own sort of craft. Mm. Um, and... 
like it really shows through with like the, the workmanship that these guys have and I think that uh, Madlib and Freddie Gibbs both have the luxury of being able to work with someone both uh, that they both really respect each other and are also really committed to like getting an end goal. Yeah. Uh, and, and one thing that I think made this album feel more organic and, and a little bit better to me personally was the, the the number of features. I believe I wrote it down here somewhere. Um, where did I write it? Oh, where did it go? Uh, Pinata had 15 features on the whole thing. Um, yep. And there was even a track with six on one or five on <laughs> one, five or six on one. Um, but this this one only had five on the okay. whole album. Um, and two of two songs had two features. So there was only yeah. really three songs that had features. So they, they trusted a, each other a bit more and they, they allowed themselves to... Um, express more in their... Yeah, and like give themselves more airtime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. I think Piñata was a nine for me and I think that this album um, isn't much better than that. I think yeah. personally for me to come back to, it's a little bit more personal and, and that for me sometimes makes music better. Um, it do- This album doesn't make Piñata look like a five or anything. Mm. They're super close, but they're just different. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, overall, overall, I think this is a really solid album, really great. And... With Igor from Tyler Creator, I think this is one A and one B at this point. Like I think they're both. Um, and if you know what I gave that album, you probably know what I'm going to give this album. A three. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm obviously going to have to do a lot more listening this year to, to albums yeah. that I've already reviewed, and and I've put some 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 albums I think prematurely in the top five. Like I think <laughs> um, Gold Link's album, as great as it is, and as much as I like it, I think will be out of the top five um, yeah. personally. But um, just because of the last few weeks we've just been going nuts with um, albums we've had a lot of like solid albums yeah released. not yeah. a lot of albums like I think the the amount of albums is less than last year yeah but they're from a lot more solid artists yeah. who can keep up top quality work for longer yeah, yeah. so my favourite songs on this one are Education Palmolive Giannis Fake Names and Situations I'm giving this one a 10 out of 10 oh nice Good that's album. The second of the year. Second of the year. Second ten. ten out of ten. That's crazy. But I, I do want to speak on the uh, the vaccination thing a little bit. Right. I, I don't really know what your opinion of of it is, but um, I know the main argument is that it causes autism. Yeah. Which is, is fair enough. I go. On. You obviously don't want your kid to be yeah impacted socially like that, especially not through like teenage years where that's so important to have. Yep. Um, but not only has the doctor that said that been like, had his license removed, and he's literally come out and said that was false. I lied. Yeah. But in what way is autism worse than the whooping cough or death? Yeah, like, I am all for pro education, educating yeah. people on what it does. Like, yeah, certain vaccines cause certain things yeah like uh, not cause cure. but they have side effects yeah exactly but yeah. like this vaccine that uh, cures whooping cough the whooping cough vaccine yeah it has be... different side effects yeah exactly yeah. and like it's one in a million or whatever it is to, yeah. you could get side effects obviously you can't get autism from a vaccine yeah like that's physically impossible yeah it's it's like a genetic makeup you yeah. can't just inject but a gene they're sort of Autism sort of starts showing symptoms around the time that you vaccinate your kids. Mm. That's sort of where that came right. from. 
So I'm yeah. yeah, I'm all for pro education. If you say to this mother or this kid, if they yeah. if they're old enough, you say this can heal cure you from potentially this whooping cough. Yeah. But you could also get I don't know anaphylactic shock or you yeah. could get like uh, rashes or whatever and they say no I don't want it then that's fine yeah but choosing for someone else I don't think is right I, I totally agree and yeah. like like I, I understand that it's your kid and you've yeah. raised it yeah. but they're their own person yeah. who and I know it's kind of in a weird sort of area where they're not able to choose for themselves yeah but I feel like you're not able to make the decision between literally life and death yeah. for them like I don't think I'm anti-vax i'm just pro-education yeah like say that's an excellent way of putting like tetanus you know that thing that you have to get the tetanus shot right if you don't want to get that because you get that when you're like 13 or whatever right but you have to get it every five years yeah something like that and if they just say to you like this can stop you from getting lockjaw yeah yeah and then but you're you're like oh well i never touch metal yeah then and you don't want to run the risk of, I don't know, whatever the side effects are. Like, say, just say, for instance, losing a limb is one in a million. But yeah. you're like, well, I'm not going to ever get lockjaw. Like, I'm never going to do that. So why <laughs> yeah. would I risk it just yeah, in case? Yeah, exactly. So, well, I... Just instead of being like, you get this or you die or, like, you get this. You know what I mean? Like saying, oh, yeah. you need to get this tetanus, otherwise you'll die. Well, no, if you get yeah. this, this could happen. But also, this could happen. Yeah, you have to look at the variables and how they affect each person. Yeah, you got to weigh yeah. it up. Yeah, but like I, you like you know this, but I'm sure the people don't. I used to be a sheet metal worker, so I used to work with sheet yeah. metal every single day. Um, the majority of it was rusty. Yeah, uh, I've only gotten one tetanus shot in my life when I was 13. Yeah, I think I've only gotten one too. Yeah, yeah. not so, from choice. Like I just like never I, came yeah, up. Yeah, I just never got around <laughs> yeah. to getting it again. Yeah, which was fairly stupid of me, I'll admit. I know the chance of actually getting. Um, like tetanus, tetanus yeah. or lockjaw or whatever the hell is oh, imagine getting very... lockjaw oh, oh mate that's, that's weird <laughs> is it like permanent or does it just come and go for every few hours like, mm, I... I think it's permanent until you get like a that. until you get like the antidote <laughs> I, is it even an antidote what even is it <laughs> no <laughs> a yeah, vaccine I, I suppose I, I know the the chance of getting it is very low but it was still very stupid I was in that industry for what eight years or something yeah something like so that yeah that was quite stupid of me and if i was to go back i would have gotten it much earlier but i think the main sort of side effect like the most common is just soreness in the arm for like six hours yeah like, i'd take that like i've seen the possibility yeah i've seen like um like i watched this thing actually very recently about vac uh like pro vaccine versus anti-vaccine and a lot yeah. of the anti-vaccine were actually that, like one of them was actually a doctor. Oh, that's scary. But no, not not because like, of that. He's he's on my what I'm think like pro education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he says yes, you should go and get the whooping cough, meningococcal, like all the major yeah. ones. But like, say like the tetanus or like what else is there? Like uh, I don't know. Like is there one for like the bird flu or something like that? Oh, uh, like probably. He says like you should do the major ones and you should do them all. Yeah. But make sure you know why you're doing them. Yeah, and what and can if happen? You need to do that. Yeah, and yeah, like there's that's... no point getting like a vaccine that's like only for like Africa, because you know how you have to get vaccines to go yeah. to Africa. Like you don't need to get them if you're never going to go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm never going to go to Africa, yeah, and there's a chance that I'm going to get like uh, say Tourette's yeah. from this, I'm not going to get it. Yeah, exactly. Why would I? Yeah, yeah. If you have to weigh up. That's fair. You should yeah. get. I think that's like, an excellent way of putting it. You should get the measles, 
All these yeah. ones that literally will kill you. Yeah, if you don't. Yeah, but these yeah. ones that are like, they they could kill you. Like if you go to Africa without yeah. it, it would. But like if you're never going to do that, then what's the point? Exactly. Yeah, everyone should read exactly. up on what they're doing. And, um, and not only take your sources from one doctor who's had his medical license removed or something. Compare several different sources, like you know, academic sources, government provided resources. Yeah. And compare the results and make up your mind from that. There are actually some really solid points, not for anti-vax, but for people that are pro-education. Yeah. But the people that say uh, vaccines cause autism are like doing the the stance a disfavor because there are some legitimate like medical professionals that say no, you should actually yeah look into these things instead of just blindly trusting yeah because your doctor could just be like, oh, you need this vaccine and not tell you why. And then yeah. you just get it and then you like have it, like migraines. So- you yeah. suffer from migraines for like the next three years. Yeah. And they're like... When you just didn't need to. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, actually you didn't need that. Like that was yeah, just it a was precaution just or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So check your sources, people. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right, let's move into 1981. Let's throw it back. All right, mate, I like that. I like that. That was a good discussion. All right, so the two songs that we had were Jazzy Sensation by Africa Bambatar. He said it in the song. Uh, so I, it's not Bambatar, as I said. It's it's Bambatar. Yeah. Okay, or, yeah, that's how, yeah. I, that's how I thought. And the Jazzy Five, man. Yep, the Jazzy Five. Quite um, quite a choice name for the for the song title, isn't it? Yeah. Jazzy Sensation. <laughs> I think they, they worked that one out them, themselves. Um, I actually really liked the, the production on this, uh, this song. I, I think agree. this was the best part. I, I don't think the rapping or the... Like, yeah, that, that was okay. Yeah, it was but okay. the beat was like... So creative. Yeah, it it was so... Like, even now. It's so influential. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is where we finally... This is where you can point to. And next week when we, we talk about um, Grandmaster Flash um, yeah. on The Message, we really start to see like a massive progression in hip-hop. Because yeah, that yeah, one is yeah. more about like... They're actually rapping about something. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's like social conscience. Like they're yeah, starting yeah, to like become rap. aware. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's cool. And and this week they're still stuck in. I I wrote this in the in the that's the joint. They're still stuck in 1979. Yeah. Content wise, but they're evolving the beat. Yeah, I, I think right now is where we're starting to see the change, where, you know, it's really starting to influence future hip hop. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the Sugar Hill Gang influenced hip hop. If yeah. they didn't make it, it yeah, probably exactly. wouldn't have happened earlier. Yeah. But we're actually seeing the physical influence in front of us yeah it's really really cool africa bambatar is like the og madlib like he's just so he just like put it it out there like we went from listening to disco funk music to like this electronic craziness that that we get on this yeah but yeah what do you have on this because i didn't actually write too much uh this week because i I didn't write too much either it it was quite a quite a down week i think i think next week we're going to get a lot to talk about yeah yeah, i totally agree with that um i really like the rattlesnake sound in the beat yeah that was really creative like there were just small little like touches every now and then that was just something different and it's still different now not everyone does it um and towards the end they had like that funky little bass line like the break in the beat that was just the bass line that sounded really really good yeah uh but the one thing that really surprised me about this song was how ad lib heavy it was. They even had a. Yeah, I did. I I think I, I thought I picked up on it. I didn't actually yeah. write that down, but I definitely heard like a gun 
Yeah. Like a gun noise. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, you are. Yeah. I, I replayed it when I was like, wait, was that actually a... Was that... Was that, um... <laughs> that Amigos? Was that... Was that Offset? <laughs> was he in there? But yeah, there was legitimately a, a brrr sound. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, wait, really? Like, that really took me by surprise. Um, they also rapped a lot faster at points. Uh, my favourite lyric would have to be... Yes, indeedy, New York City, looking pretty, have no pity, because I'm the master ice and I'm in your city. Hey. Yep. That was really, that's very rhyme heavy. Um, but then, I, I guess you could say, like in the bridge, I guess you could call it, where they repeat, can you feel it, can you feel it, our jazzy sensation a couple of times. Yeah. That was quite drawn out for us. And for in this day and age, there was way too much beat. But back then, that was probably very... Uh, audience based like yeah. that was probably where they all danced and sung along to it and I can see how that's more mainstream there but um, with the ad-libs though it was like every single line had an ad-lib and more often than not the ad-lib had more airtime than the line itself yeah like they would say like in the city in the city we rock and roll so, yeah like that I don't think that's a line that's in there yeah but yeah, like yeah. it would be like that where the ad-lib or like sort of I don't know, like the group would sort of come in that had more playtime than the actual line itself. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, around this year is sort of just as hip hop is starting to evolve and really be its own thing away from like disco and yeah. just dance. And it's really interesting to me. Yeah, I actually, I, I like this song much better than um, That's the Joint. Yeah, by Funky um, 4 Plus 1. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that this song in particular was stuck in the yeah in the previous genre. I think that uh, Jazzy Sensation really sort of pushed the boundary. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And next I agree. week, and I think from here on out, we're going to get some um, much bigger songs because then we start to move into, like, gangster rap. Yeah. Um, and we start to see it get an identity outside of the, the funk. Yeah. Um, but uh, these guys were signed to... Um, like the Sugar Hill Gang's record label, so yeah. that's why this sounded sort of similar. Like I didn't think that um, this was all that like different to that. Like yeah. it, it's it felt like it I was agree. made back then. And um, Shah, what's her name? Shah Rock. The, yeah, yeah. The, the lead. I like her. Yeah, she was the first ever uh, female rapper. Yeah, I've that's, got that in here. Yeah, well, and and they were the first ever hip hop group to go on Saturday Night Live. They performed a song. Oh, really? There. I didn't actually know that. They they performed this song actually. I believe that's the okay. joint. Um, so they were quite influential in that way, yeah. but um, not sort of like the sound. But yeah. they certainly got a few things um, up and running. Obviously, first female and getting on TV. Even though they were probably seen as more uh, marketable than maybe Africa Bambatar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I think that this music here is far superior to Sugar Hill Gangs. Um, but in terms of melody and catchiness, I think it was better. But terms of production and overall feel, I, I think they're all um, quite similar yeah. at this point. And, and I wrote in here that I think that the more um, unique a song is, the the more likely we're going to like uh, enjoy it more. Yeah. So like this week, we enjoy the more unique groundbreaking song. Um, and then next week, if there's, two, if there's one that sort of sounds like this, like uh, Jazzy Sensation and if there's one that sounds new we're going to go for the new one again yeah. I feel like we're going to get that for a while um, but yeah I like both of these songs I yeah. probably wouldn't listen to either of them again maybe maybe saying, Jazzy Sensation slightly too long 
Yeah, again, yeah. nine and a half minutes for that's the joint. And how long was Jazzy Sensation? Uh, seven minutes. Seven minutes. 50? Something yeah, like something that. like yeah. that. So yeah, we need to start um, cutting it down, guys. You need to start. <laughs> you need to start chilling. I don't know what album that's the joint was from, but it was like eleven tracks long and an hour and five minutes. Sounds like Jaden Smith's album I'm going to review next week. <laughs> so, like, nowadays, if an album is, like, 11 tracks long, you're looking at, like, 35 minutes? Yeah. Like, it's insane how long it is. But with the jazz, with uh, That's The Joint, I love the way this track is structured. It's quite similar to The Breaks. Yeah, it is quite... It's, it's very audience-based. Yeah. Um, like, there would be a verse, and then at the end of every verse, there's, like, a da-da-da-da-da-da, That's The Joint. Yeah. Uh, or like a, a variation of that, that. That's the joint would sort of change a little bit. Uh, my favorite name in the group would have to be Keith Keith. Yeah, Keith that's Keith. Fucking what funny. was one of those names? Um, oh, no, I'm thinking of the Jazzy Five. They had um, Mr. Ice. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a sick name. <laughs> um, but with That's the Joint, is this the first track that we've reviewed with a swear word in it? Like, I don't know if you'd sort of count it as a swear word, but the lyric, common Shah rock, cut the crap. Like, Potentially. Sort of, I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's been a swear word in the previous songs. You might be under something there. And I it, am not sure. It absolutely shook me when he said, like a 357, we out to kill. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, calm down, mate. <laughs> like, even now, if, like, Offset said that, I'd be like, oh. Yeah. Like like a three fifty seven, we out to kill. Yeah, that's quite. That is quite different, isn't it? Yeah, and literally last week it was just like, I'm gonna make you rock all night to this beat, and now it's like we're just gonna kill you. Now you <laughs> want to die? That's what they're basically saying. We're not messing around. Like yeah, that. I feel like yeah, it's that's the joint. Odd. Like you said, it really pushed the boundaries into, like not quite just yet, but like. You're just getting little tastes of gangster rap. Yeah, exactly. And I think in the in the in the coming weeks we're going to get a lot more. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I suppose for the last two weeks, just having like the same sort of like the Sugar Hill Gang, and then just straight up, we're going to kill you. Yeah. Was very not jarring because I liked it. Yeah. But exactly. very just unexpected. Very different. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> It's a good, both are good songs. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't listen to either again. Yeah, what do you think? I I definitely agree with you. I wouldn't listen to either of them again, mainly because of the length. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite out of the two would have to be "That's the Joint." Yeah. Um, also, I want to explain as Wait, well. Wait, you like "That's the Joint"? You don't like "Africa Bambata." It's okay. Oh, like, you went the other I, way. I do we like went, it, but I, I prefer swapped. "That's the Joint." Oh, yeah. okay. Mainly I'm more just of an Africa it's, boy. It's slightly different. Yeah. Um, I do want to explain as well with the Funk 4 plus 1, that's because I don't think, like, Shah Rock is the plus 1, who is the first female MC. Um, I don't think she was originally in the group. So they were originally called the Funk 4. The Funk 4. And then she joined, so... But she, they didn't want to, like, rebrand themselves to the Funk 5. Yeah. And I think she sort of enjoyed being different, you know, the first female MC the plus one like it was another thing on top to yeah. stay different yeah yeah exactly so that's just my opinion but i think that's the reason why they went with the funk four plus one but yeah shah rock is the plus one she refers to herself as the plus one in the song a couple of times as well absolute banging um name to shah rock what a yeah it is 
All right, I'm going to grab another drink. Do you want one? No. Why don't you just wrap it up then? Wait, is that all we got? Yep. Oh, it is all we got. Wrap it up, Dan. <laughs> all right, well, thanks for, for watching slash listening, guys. Uh, be sure to check out these socials. We've got Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and SoundCloud, all at GetCulturedAU. There's no capital letters, no spaces, no punctuation, no nothing. It's just straight up at GetCulturedAU. Uh, be sure to join us in two days on Friday for our fun-filled Friday where you're going to hear a lot of uh, games, quizzes, and just us generally being silly. But for now, I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap. See us later. See you on Thursday. Oh, Friday. Got my days all mixed up. Got my days all mixed up. See you then. <laughs>